uh, supermoon this morning. And uh, spoiler alert, it looks just like a regular moon. Uh, it's a little bit red, but I think that's from the Canadian wildfire smoke. Other than that, not much going on in the news. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, JR Morning's coming up in 50 minutes. Oh, yeah, and Donald Trump has been uh, indicted for the third time. Former President Trump becomes the most high-profile defendant charged in connection with the January 6th Capitol riot. It was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant. Special counsel Jack Smith charged the former president with conspiracies to defraud the United States, disenfranchise voters, and obstruct an official proceeding. Federal prosecutors say Trump repeatedly disseminated claims of widespread election fraud and that he really won the election despite knowing it was not true. He's due in federal court here in D.C. tomorrow. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. And you heard uh, Jared Halpern alluding to it a little bit. So uh, I guess the crux of this investigation, it focused on the two months between the election and uh, January 6th, where uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith uh, accuses Donald Trump of refusing to accept his loss to Joe Biden and spreading lies that victory was stolen from him while he urged um, local election officials to undo voting results, like kind of what happened here in Michigan, um, and pressuring Mike Pence into claiming the election had been stolen and halting the certification process, uh, even though these stolen election claims have been rejected uh, by judge after judge after judge. And there's a uh, uh, quite a bit of text message correspondence between uh, the former president and the former vice president here. And, of course, uh, we'll be... Uh, talking about this in depth from many different angles um, all day here on WJR. And uh, Michigan and Georgia are also specifically mentioned in this indictment. Um, I'm not sure if that has something to do with the 16 false electors uh, who were accused of trying to overturn the election here in Michigan. I don't know if it has something to do with uh, Mike Shirky and, and Lee Chatfield's meeting with the president at the White House, uh, we'll discuss a little bit later on with uh, Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson. Uh, we still have that boil watery advisory out in Macomb Township. Yesterday, we, there was that massive water main break on 24 Mile by uh, North Avenue. It's affecting over 150,000 people, and um, it's affecting Macomb Township, Chesterfield Township, New Haven, Lenox Township, and Eastern uh, Rochester. Uh, crews actually located the break and, and restored water pressure yesterday about 1230. But uh, officials have to run a bunch of tests. They've got to flush the uh, system multiple times uh, before they can actually lift the boil water advisory, which is supposed to uh, hopefully expire sometime tomorrow. Um, Macomb Township is giving out uh, free bottled water at the Macomb Township offices. Um, I had the address here. I don't have it. But if you live in Macomb Township, you know uh, where they are. Starting at 9 p.m., one case per family. Uh, same thing with Chesterfield at the fire station on 23 Mile. That starts at 8 a.m. And, of course, um, boil water advisories. Uh, you're supposed to boil that water for a minute before using it uh, to uh, ingest. So brushing your teeth, drinking, washing dishes, cooking. Uh, not sure about bathing. 
Um, I'm not a doctor, but I haven't seen anything about uh, bathing, so you might be safe there. Check with your local authorities on that one. Uh, The defense called psychologist Colin King their only witness uh, to testify in yesterday's Miller hearing to determine whether the Oxford High School shooter can be sentenced to life in prison without parole after an emotional two days where the prosecution made their case last week. Uh, Dr. Colin King and the shooter's defense team made the case that the shooter was mentally ill and also suffered from a head injury. They played a number of videos, one from 2021, uh, that shows the shooter falling and hitting his head while working at a local diner in Oxford, as well as video from inside uh, the prison where the shooter is having a breakdown while deputies had to restrain him um, trying in an attempt to back up their psychosis claim. Um, Dr. Uh, Colin King, he spent over 20 hours with the shooter, and he described him as a feral child, but said he believed that he could be rehabilitated. Now, we thought yesterday was going to be the last day of the Mueller hearing, but uh, the prosecution is uh, calling a rebuttal witness, and that'll be August 18th, and then Judge Kwame Brown will um, issue his decision. And uh, with the way that uh, the prosecution's witnesses um, have have played out those first two days, I'm sure it'll be explosive and emotional, just like it was last week. Former GOP Attorney General candidate uh, Matt DiPerno and former state rep Dyer Rendon, they've been charged for allegedly trying to gain access to a Michigan voting machine after the 2020 presidential election. Now, DiPerno is facing four felony charges, uh, which include undue possession of a voting machine and willfully damaging a voting machine, while Rendon has been charged with conspiracy to commit undue uh, possession of voting machine and false pretenses. Now, if you remember DePerno, he is accused of being involved in a scheme with nine other people where they tried to convince a northern Michigan election clerk to hand over voting a vote counting machine to, quote unquote, test it for accuracy at an Oakland County hotel. While Rendon, she's accused of trying to escort false electors into the Michigan Capitol after they signed a certificate claiming that Donald Trump won here in Michigan. Uh, they both could face multiple years in prison if convicted. And special prosecutor in charge, D.J. Hilson, said the investigation is not over, which means more people could face charges. Uh, Eleven people from Wayne County, Oakland County, Macomb County, they've been charged with three felonies, uh, which are wired fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and aggravated identity theft for carrying out a $4.5 million COVID unemployment fraud scheme. Um, the 11 accused scamsters they're being accused of using stolen personal information to file false pandemic unemployment claims in multiple states and each defendant faces over 20 years in jail if found guilty uh parker moser on my board this morning uh you're a downriver guy right born and raised or 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 have you moved in recently no nah, i've been uh downriver pretty much my whole life All right. I, I myself am a transplant but have you uh driven by trenton high school lately not lately, no. Okay, well, if you do, and uh, maybe do this on your way home because this is going to be uh, rectified today. Uh, so Trent High School, they entered into a um, a naming rights partnership with Cornell Ford. Uh, it's the first of its kind, kind downriver uh, to pay for you know improvements to the athletic facilities. Uh, so, of course, the school needed a new sign on its football field with Gornel Ford's name on it. So the new sign looked very nice, has the Gornel Ford logos on both sides. Um, but in the middle of the banner, where it's supposed to say, Welcome to Trenton High School, 
Somebody accidentally left the L out of the sign. So it says, we come to Trenton High School. Maybe if they went to Trenton High School, they would have known how to spell it correctly. Right. Yeah. That's what happens if you drop out and try to make signs for a living. Um, And the funny thing is, Park, no one caught the type up until the picture was printed in the local newspaper. Uh, My guess is the News Herald. And it's circulated online. But uh, the typo is being fixed today at no extra expense. We all make mistakes, right? At least uh, at, at least the, the company is rectifying the situation. All right. It's first thing with Mike Parsons on JR. All right. Patience, Mike. They'll get you when they get to you. The Michigan Supreme Court ruled on money that motorists who were injured in car accidents prior to the 2019 change in the Michigan no-fault law were eligible to resume full benefits after having them cut dramatically Nearly four years ago, Chad Livengood from the Detroit News takes us through to the decision and tells Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson the heartbreaking story of a man who died just 90 minutes before the Supreme Court restored his full benefits. Well, it should just um, affect the catastrophic portion of your bill, which is uh, somewhere around $130 now uh, a, a year per vehicle. Uh, the thing that, that's been kind of uh, at, at times um, misportrayed about this law is the, the lawmakers thought they were going after the catastrophic claims. Right. But their, their reforms also do go after the first what's known as the first $600,000 under the Michigan law. The, the insurance company itself is on the hook for the first $600,000 of your medical bills. And then it goes to this Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association, this trust fund, multi-billion dollar trust fund we've built up over decades that pays for the long-term care of the most severely injured folks who are paralyzed, have brain injuries, uh, have uh, really unspeakable injuries. That's what the trust fund pays for. And that's what the ruling, that's what the Supreme Court ruling yesterday got at is, is those folks the, the Supreme Court effectively said those folks are grandfathered in. They cannot yeah. have their, their benefits uh, re, uh, reduced. There was a contract that they had mm-hmm. with their insurance provider and with the healthcare industry by extension, and you can't undo that contract uh, with yep. legislation. But I, I guess we know that prior to that, there was a surplus of the catastrophic claims fund. Then we had a refund from it. Some of this got checks back, which was very nice. What's the status of it now, and how will this impact the fund? Will they have to come back to us for more money? Well, they already have actually come back and tried to claw back some of that $400 uh, refund check everybody got, the $3.7 billion that they essentially liquefied from a from a $28 billion fund and uh, took the cash out and sent us all a check last April and May. They've uh, they've now come back and already increased the rate by uh, 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 $36, and there's a the math comes out to $48, guy. But uh, they they take this $48 to to make up for what they call the deficit that has been now created by their own liquidation of money uh, and uh, and the refund checks, and also the stock market didn't do well, so it's very you know reflective of just like everyone else's 401k last year. So they've already tried to come back and get the money from people. Um, the thing that, that that doesn't change with this ruling is that if you do not want unlimited medical uh, benefits, you can be, you can opt out of it, and you can get a much lower rate on your personal injury protection, the PIP 
portion of your insurance, but it's not the full piece of insurance. And so for some people in, in rural and suburban areas, PIP is only 25, 30% um, of your entire premium. And where the, the rate increases have been really uh, focused in recent years has been collision. Um, and because distracted driving and a whole other host of other factors. And so that, that is where people may not see significant savings in their auto insurance. They're, it's very well possible that they have taken um, uh, less benefits to get a lower uh, personal injury protection rate, right. but their collision has gone up. And so that their, their car insurance is the same as it was before the reforms four years ago. Chad, uh, the, those with catastrophic uh, injuries have been waiting for some type of solution uh, for this. I mean, should it have even gone to the Michigan Supreme Court? Should the legislat- uh, legislature, should they have tried to fix this before it even got to the Supreme Court? I mean, the legislature's had an opportunity from day one when they passed this bill just before the uh, Memorial Day weekend in 2019. They've been told that this was going to happen, that people would lose their care, that people would be kicked out of their houses, uh, and and that's what happened. Uh, and it did transpire starting when, the, when those cuts went into effect in July of last year. Um, but um, but they, the legislature didn't do anything about it under, under Republican control, and so far they haven't under Democratic control. Uh, they've been waiting for the Supreme Court to kind of sort this out. Now the Supreme Court has ruled – those 17 some odd thousand people um, should not have had, have had the, the cost controls applied to their care so that what that, that their caregivers didn't get a 45 percent okay. uh, pay cut. And that's going to be a game changer for mm-hmm. those 17,000 plus people. But what about an individual? Let's say that I've signed up for what I think is unlimited, uncapped care. I'm continuing to pay the big premium. I'm also paying this fee into the catastrophic fund. If I have a major crash today and I am left catastrophically injured, will I get the same treatment as those 17,000 or is the unlimited benefit now only unlimited in name? Uh, you will not. Uh, and and because the Supreme Court's ruling yesterday said that the government has a legitimate uh, concern or effort to try to uh, contain the cost of insurance so that these uh, cuts uh, in medical reimbursements do not apply or, or do, excuse me, do apply to everyone who was injured after June 11th, 2019. And so that is, that is kind of the big question. I think probably the next battle is does, does the legislature want to come back and, and, um, and provide the same level of care for someone who becomes a quadriplegic tomorrow as someone who became a quadriplegic in 1983. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody needs to adjust their expectations when they sign up for the unlimited benefit. The fee schedules will apply to them. And those those fees are now compensating home care professionals at 45, 55% of what they had been before. And that's led to a shortage. Um, I, I've got to ask you, you've talked to this gentleman, Brian. There were so many catastrophically injured patients that have been waiting on this. You profile a man who died waiting. Yeah, last week I visited him last Tuesday morning. Uh, well, I called him last Monday. I've been in touch with this Brian Woodward over the, over over time. He was 64 years old, a Detroiter, lived in in the Warrendale neighborhood at home with with caregivers. A quadriplegic was was uh, paralyzed from the neck down in in a, in a car accident when he was 24 years old. He lived a fulfilling life. He 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 had voice command uh, technology. He worked for Ford Motor Company as a contractor in computer support. 
did things that most people in in in, in the, who are quadriplegic cannot do. Um, and I mean, his one uh, function of his body, his brain was was fully intact, and and uh, and he sung in a, in a choir in Redford Township, and 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 lived a full fulfilling wow. life when the law went into effect he couldn't his caregivers quit because they took a they could not sustain a 45 percent pay cut so he had to move into to a series of different nursing facilities and according to his doctor had just deteriorating health from there on and he uh he bounced around between three different nursing facilities and 22 hospital beds uh, in a period of 24 months and yesterday morning at 6.56 a.m., he passed away, um, and about 90 minutes later, the Supreme Court ruled that his home care had to be restored. Wow. And he sound, this sounds like an, an individual that could have continued thriving otherwise, but even with someone with his motivation, and obviously he must have had an incredible outlook, couldn't prevail over the change in his circumstances. He, he could not. And I mean, he, he told me that he felt like he had been imprisoned uh, by the system uh, and his, as his um, longtime uh, um, patient advocate, case manager, Christina Moore, said to me, um, quote, they destroyed him. The law destroyed him. Well, it begs mm-hmm. the question, if it could destroy someone like that, what would it do to someone that didn't have Brian's moxie? That's right. Right. And, Jan- and advocacy, too. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing is these these. Some of these families don't know how to av- navigate this, and they don't, they fall victim to the system. Um, and if you don't know how to really work your way around the system, you, you're going to get worked over by it. Chad Livingen from the Detroit News. I have an important update. Yesterday we said that uh, Home Depot hot dogs were coming back, but we did not have a location. Turns out it's uh, the one on Troy in Livernoy and more to, more expected to follow. Well, we're about three weeks away from the first Republican presidential primary debate in Milwaukee. Uh, Michigan businessman and presidential hopeful Perry Johnson has to get creative in hopes of reaching the 40,000 unique donor threshold he needs to be eligible for the debate. Talks to Chris Renwick on JR Afternoon. Well, the first GOP debate is coming up. And there are some parameters that the RNC has put into place if you want to make the debate stage. So I want to give you a list of some of the candidates who are in as we stand now and some of the candidates who are on the outside looking in and needing a little effort, leading a little extra to get to the stage. So here's who is currently qualified today. Whether they will participate is a different question. Donald Trump is qualified. Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott both qualifying for the first debate. You've got Nikki Haley. You've got Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, Doug Burgum, all, as we stand today, uh, ready to roll for the first debate. Who hasn't qualified for whatever reason? Mike Pence has yet to qualify. Asa Hutchinson yet to qualify. Also a name on that list is Perry Johnson. Uh, Perry Johnson, uh, while he has... Uh, uh, achieve that uh, 1% polling mark in some states. Uh, We have yet to see the amount of individual campaign donors that uh, have contributed to a campaign. He's about 17,000 donors short. And so he has come up with, I got to tell you, Perry Johnson, it's it's a pretty genius way of getting people to get involved in political donating and, and getting on board 
to what uh, you're uh, trying to the, the words that you're trying to get out to Republican voters. Um, how did this idea come about? Well, actually, I had the idea about three and a half months ago. Okay. And my people involved in the campaign, my strategist and my campaign manager, did not like it. But well, why didn't they like it? <laughs> they they were concerned about whether or not they could legitimately do it. Okay. But but then you had it done by a couple of other people. They were doing something different. They were actually giving out gift cards. I'm giving out the gas card, and everybody knows that gas is outrageously expensive, and we're spending twice as much for gas as we should just because they decided that in not to produce as much gas. And they decided that because Biden said, okay, we are going to have new rules, and we are also not going to allow drilling on federal lands. So as a result, instead of paying $1.75 for gas, you're paying three and a half dollars for gas. And I said, well, it's not fair. And I think we need to have a way to have people see the candidates, see what's going on. So I'm going to give them a gas card. I give them a $10 gas card if they donate $1 to my campaign. And that achieves both objectives. We now have 30,000 donors. We need a little under 10,000 more to get on the debate stage. Okay, so you've made some headway over the last couple of days as as well. You, you know, you you've also talked about uh, your 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 two cents platform and and the book that you wrote and you had made the mention that if people donate to your campaign they would get a copy of your book as well. Is is it I mean how difficult is it to get your message out there in a in a very heated contested Republican race uh to see who can claim that seat to run in November? Well, you know, at this point, it is anybody's race. Trump has, what, 52 percent? Maybe sometimes polls got him up to 65 at one point. Mm -hmm. But until we get on the debate stage, nobody really knows. There has never been a single case, I don't believe, in history where a non-incumbent in an election like this who was leading at this point ever won the nomination. Mm -hmm. So we have to see what happens. My, I just think that both sides, the Democrats and the Republicans, have spent too much money, and you see what happened. They had the table come out. The overall interest that we're having to pay now approaches a trillion dollars. For the first time in history, we're actually spending more money on the interest payments for our debt than we are on defense. And the check that we wrote out of $900 billion for this last year represents about $610 in interest payments every month Mm -hmm. for every family in the United States. Well, and Perry, to your point, I mean, Donald Trump's emergence didn't really come out until he hit that first debate stage. And then, you know, he was throwing out zingers left and right and was knocking, you know, other other uh, GOP hopefuls down a peg. And and it really catapulted him. And so I, I actually tend to agree with you. I think that that debate stage is so important, and I got to imagine that's that's a huge reason why uh, you're, you're trying to get to that point. Y- you know, you are also doing something that I I, I think it's really difficult to do, um, and you're essentially bankrolling your entire campaign. Um, I, uh, obviously, you have you have done well in business uh, to to put you in a position to do that. Um, 
it, what's the what, what's your message to people when it when it when you're when you're measuring up against Donald Trump or a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, whomever it is? What are the comparisons you make when you're trying to to to, to pitch him on on who to vote for? Or well, support? you have to keep in mind it all depends on what people are looking for. I happen to think that we want to have a country that is going to be secure in our defense. And I think we need a country that can still provide Medicare and Social Security to people. Well, we're not going to have that if we continue this path. People don't recognize that we're literally $33 trillion in debt right now. That is such an astronomical number that people can't even relate to it. But we have actually gotten there in the last 23 years. We've gone from what? Six trillion in debt in 2000 to 33 trillion in debt now, and it's both sides spending so much money. Think about the way they run the business. They have a budget, and every year, starting in April, they make sure that every penny is spent by the end of September, and that's the end of their year. So instead of trying to save money, they try to spend money, and they end up spending it recklessly. Mm. Well, unfortunately, now. We're running to the point where we not only are going broke, we are broke. And if people don't recognize what's going on, it may be too late. So the, I think uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, the, the RNC has set these rules for, for these debates. Um, is this your last hurdle in terms of individual campaign donors? What, what, other, what other things that you need, do you need to check off in order to qualify? In order to qualify, you need to have... in three national polls or 1% in two national polls and 1% in Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, I know that I'm 1% in Iowa and New Hampshire already. I was 1% in the national poll, the caravan poll, and as the AP put out, I've already qualified for one. They weren't including me in the polls before. Now they're starting to include me. And I do believe we're going to get to 1% in those national polls. I need one more national poll, then I'll bet the two plus the others. So I believe I'm going, that's not going to be a problem. I believe I am going to get the 10,000 donors additional that I need. I need anytime anybody donates, they automatically get a $10 gift card. I have a concert that I'm giving big and rich concert in Iowa on August the 12th. Any donor can go to that concert. You know, if you donate $1, you donate 50 cents. You can get into that concert on the 12th in August. Uh, People can see what's going on in the race. I have a reality show. That reality show plays on Newsmax, 9 to 9.30 Eastern Time every Sunday. And you can go to perryjohnson.com slash backstage and see all past episodes. But if you go to perryjohnson.com slash donate and you donate a dollar, you'll get a $10 gift card for any ExxonMobil. Perry, I got I got 30 seconds left here. Donald Trump has indicated that he might not participate in these debates. Uh, do, are you for or against that? Do you think everybody should participate if they're eligible? Of course they should participate, but he's probably afraid to participate because now he has to get up there and he's going to have to compete with everybody else. Yeah. And let's see what happens. But uh, we all know that I have a plan for solving the problem. I'm the only one that does have a plan. And I do own 80 businesses. No business has ever gone bankrupt. I have no personal debt. My companies have no debt. 
And I've been bringing quality and efficiency to companies for the last 35 years. I want to bring it to the federal government. All right, Perry, keep us up to date on the number of donors, all right? We're going to keep watching. Well, if you're just tuning in, we still have that Boyle Water Advisory out uh, in Macomb Township for uh, not only Macomb Township, but Chesterfield Township, New Haven, Lenox, and Eastern Rochester. And that's supposed to be lifted sometime tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, Nick Roddy's here, Lloyd Jackson's here, Guy Gordon's here, and uh, what's what what's new, guys? There's not a whole lot going on in the <laughs> news. No. A little slow today. Uh-huh. Uh, so, of course, uh, we got that uh, the the third indictment, the second uh, um, from Special Counsel uh, Jack Smith uh, on the former president for his uh, alleged role in trying to overturn the 2020 election, and uh, of course. We're going to be all over it this morning. We got Matthew Schneider coming up at six nineteen. But uh, I, I have to say, with uh, Mike Pence being one of the key witnesses in this indictment, if he is, if he finds a way to become eligible for this debate on August twenty third, this debate's about to be lit. It's, it's it, it might be must see TV. Yeah, it could be. It it could be. Um, uh, it's going to be very, especially if the if the former president shows up. Now we don't know right. really if he's going to be there or not. So. I mean, imagine that he, you could have a four time indicted former president out on bond in four different cases, standing on that debate stage. Wow, I don't know how. He can show up for this debate. I don't know why he would show up for this debate. Well, especially uh, Chris Christie those... now is loaded, loaded. Oh, loaded and ready to go. And he's, yeah. his numbers are right. I mean, he's he's the guy right now. So if well, he's so far ahead, why would I really show up for that? Yeah, and I mean his political superpower is taking all these indictments and 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 turning him into uh, percentage points in the polls. So Nate Kahn is the, the main political guy at the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And for subscribers, they, we, we got an analysis yesterday of something. Uh-huh. And they did a deep dive. They, they asked Republicans a lot more questions in the recent poll than, than just who are you going to vote for. One of the things that he broke down, he said, Republicans today fall into three buckets. 37% of them are hardcore MAGA. And he says the, the thing is there, they can be presented with facts. They don't believe that Trump is capable of doing anything wrong. That's right. All right. So it's almost they, like a, a religious aspect to it. Some people have compared it to a Hillary Clinton compared it to a cult. Um, but, you know, then you've got 37 percent that are so-called persuadables. Those that believe that the policies of the Biden administration and Democrats are so onerous that you may have to hold your nose. But they're willing to look in other places for a candidate they find acceptable. And there's about 25 percent that are just hardcore anti-Trump. And they are looking hard and are scratching their heads wondering what has happened to their party mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. The, the folks wearing the red hats who uh, are saying how can they ignore the you know hard facts tape recordings pictures of classified documents things like that yeah i mean you know donald trump has worked so hard on this narrative that uh you know all of these all of these accusations against him are unfounded and 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 he he gave that uh line which I thought was uh, BS, to put it uh, lightly, over the weekend, saying, they're not indicting me, they're, they're indicting indict- you, yes. and I'm just in the... What does that even mean, other than just some empty scare tactic? I mean, uh, I, I, I was not indicted for anything before Donald Trump uh, was in office, and I'm not being persecuted for anything afterwards. I mean, it's that- not about you. It's about the MAGA base. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's that's it. He's he's not even interested. I'm indicted in, in for independence. You. Or, yeah. He. I'm indicted for you. You got to take care of me. 
send me money so I can for my defense. Right, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's smarter. But, but but imagine, I mean, this is the point of Nate Khan's analysis was how do you beat a guy that has not just a thirty-seven percent rock hard base? This is an intractable. Oh yeah, base. So in a primary where there's a lot of split where you got a lot of candidates. It's 2016 all over again. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I also saw some polling too because a lot of the uh, uh, the the popular theory is that the more people um, running against Donald Trump will splinter the the base, and Ron DeSantis would have a much better chance if uh, it was just Trump versus DeSantis. But the polling is still even up, even if you just poll between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, it's still like 60 30. It is. And, you know, Ron DeSantis is a whole different thing. I I, I think of 37. Nobody in the history of presidential politics in the primaries has ever been defeated having a 25 point lead. He has a 37 point lead. Yeah. And I think Ron, you know, Ron DeSantis, he's uh, he's getting too tangled up in these culture war issues. Um, He's on the wrong side of a for 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 most uh, of the of the time and plus what he does is is he's very punitive and he starts going after everyone except for donald trump who uh criticizes him so i think all of that well he's going after him on lgbtq stuff and got into big trouble over it uh-huh. yeah. yeah well and, and then you know he's doubling down on this black history curriculum trying to uh yeah. challenge kamala harris to a, a, a debate on it and, and I that's think... red meat for tim scott right and uh will hurt and will hurt yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. um also, and I know we're running out of time, but uh, Michigan is one of the two states mentioned in this indictment. Yes. Uh, you, you know, Guy, we were wondering if that had anything to do with the Mike Shirky Lee Chatfield meeting, if it has anything to do with the 16 electors. We talked to Mike uh, when he went there, talked about that the president was, quote, unquote, very persuasive, right? Mm-hmm. And and the pressure that they faced, that he could very easily be, along with Mike Pence, a big witness in the fake elector a portion of this. All that and more, we're going to be doing a deep dive into this from all angles on JR Morning. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.